Hello and welcome to Talking Aussie Books, a new weekly podcast shining a spotlight on Australian fiction. My name is Claudine Tonellis. As a writer and avid reader, I love chatting about books. And in this podcast, I'll chat to authors, publishers and readers, giving you, dear listener, insight into what's hot on the Australian fiction scene. So if you're looking for your next book recommendation or just want to know more about Aussie fiction writers, this podcast is for you. Grab yourself a cuppa, sit back and enjoy. My next guest is no stranger to the Australian publishing scene. With more than 10 fiction titles to her name, she is a best-selling and much-loved author, better known for her rural romance novels. Her latest novel, Table for Eight, published by HQ HarperCollins, is set on a cruise ship and heralds a new direction for her storytelling. Welcome, Tricia. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Tricia, you've written books in three different genres, rural romance, historical fiction, and now in the general fiction category. Four, if you include the three children's books you've written, how have you managed those transitions so effortlessly? Well, I don't know if they were effortless. Uh, a lot of work went into the transition, but I think because I was want, I was writing something that I, I really wanted to write and I loved it, and so that helped to make it easier. But each time I've found I'm on a new learning curve, obviously. Um, doing a children's writing course first and writing for children was certainly a, what I think of as the bones for my writing. It was very, very uh, good way to start. And so I took some of the things I learned there onto writing rural romance and then um, the historical sagas. And now I, I sort of feel as if this women's fiction is partly the more complex aspect of the sagas with the warmth of the rural romance kind of rolled into it but also a much more layered book and that was that was a you know certainly a learning curve. Mm. And do you think that this general fiction category is something that you'll stick with at the moment? Uh, My next one is nearly finished so yes I, I will. I'm also still writing rural romance though because I I think you know that's where my uh, certainly where my readership is and I like to be able to still provide those readers with with another rural romance so I'm doing I'm juggling both at the moment but we'll see how that pans out over time. No easy task I imagine. No no. <laughs> now your book Queen of the Road won the Romance Writers of Australia Romantic Book of the Year Award in 2013 and then two of your other novels Riverboat Point and Between the Vines were shortlisted in 2015 and 2016 respectively I understand. So how important do you think such accolades are to writers uh, such as that and to your career in particular? Oh I think it's wonderful to be to have some kind of acknowledgement of your work and whatever that be I, I just uh, you know it was such an honor for me I was I was just gobsmacked when Queen of the Road won that award um, and so yes I know and I know other people who've been in the same position feel the same it's it's I, th- I think uh, I, I don't know if it makes a whole lot of difference to readers but to uh, writers yeah it's it's I guess that um acknowledgement by others by peers and uh, people in the industry that what you've written is up there with the best mm. yeah absolutely. so that's that's I've, I've I'm very proud of, of that um, especially because Queen of the Road was a turning point for me it was my first book with Harlequin and prior to that I was really at the point where 
I was almost thinking I should give up writing because I was struggling, you know, working full time and, you know, life was busy as it is for people. And so I persisted with that book. It was accepted. It won that award. It, you know, it was certainly, um, you know, a turning point for me. And, and I, so I, th I think of it very proudly, yes. Now, I love Table for Eight, which is your new book. Um, it was a heartwarming and insightful read. Um, but before I talk about it in more detail, and for those who haven't read it, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Well, this book is set on a cruise and it's uh, the main character is the delightful Ketty, who is a clever, sophisticated couture dressmaker from Sydney and she adores the glamour of a cruise. And so she loves to, she's cruised many times and she's not averse to dabbling into the sometimes troubled lives of uh, the people who dine with her and giving them a little dose of her Ketty magic. So that's sort of the start of the story, but this cruise is different for Ketty. Um, not only are her dining companions this time um, particularly troubled, but she also has some problems of her own and her past comes to meet her on this cruise and so she has to sort of face her own life choices not just those of other people so it's um you know just one of those I think layers of relationships and people type stories that are quite intriguing uh from you know just delving into people's lives and finding out more about them mm. and what inspired you to write it I went on a cruise <laughs> funny <laughs> um, enough <laughs> yes, yes, I went on a cruise and uh, we were with friends, travelling with friends, but the first night we were, uh, we sat, my husband and I sat at a different table, there'd been a mix-up with the uh, seating arrangements, and seated at the head of this table was a woman who I went on to create as Ketty. I only met her the once and I not really know much about her, but she just intrigued me. She welcomed us to the table as if it was her own. And she made a group of strangers feel very comfortable together. And I thought that that's quite a knack to be able to do that. And I, I saw her in the distance several times over the course of the cruise, but I never actually met her again. And I sort of created a backstory for her, as writers can do. And when I got home, I just it just stayed with me, this story, and I, you know, it developed into the story. So Ketty, the woman I call Ketty, who's my main character, was the woman that I met, who I've no idea what her name was now. Mm. <laughs> um, but she gave me the inspiration just to to think about who cruises and why they cruise and that sort of thing. Indeed. Now, the thing that I would say that most struck me about this book was the age demographic of your characters. They're yes. All, they're all mostly in the 40s plus category. And I love that there was no shying away from some of the themes that many younger people or, dare I say, even writers would avoid. For example, themes like loneliness and grief following the death of or divorce from a long life partner, sorry, a lifelong partner, the vulnerability of older people, especially when they're lonely, and then the sometimes difficult dynamics between parents and their adult children in this context. Was this a deliberate strategy on your part? Most definitely. I enjoy, I mean, I, I read widely. I enjoy all kinds of stories, but I am now past that magical 60 age. And I think, you know, at my age, I still want to read stories about people who are, you know, living a great life, doing, making the most of their life. Um, and so that's 
why I chose to have that main character. Ketty is 65 mm. and the other characters, as you say, are either side of that age or just a mixture. And I, and I think, um, you know, I enjoy reading that demographic and I know that there are lots of people out there who do. And also a story that gives some hope that we can continue to live you know, full lives in our later years. Um, and since no, not, not, that I, not that I'm saying I'm later years. I'm only middle-aged, really. <laughs> I understand. Um, now, sense of place has always been an important feature of your storytelling um, and you've captured the essence of cruising brilliantly in this novel. So how much research did you have to do when writing it? Well, I had to go on another cruise oh. because, you know, there were things that I I hadn't taken in, obviously, when I, I wasn't really sure I was going to write a book the first time round. Um, so there were things that I needed to know about, you know, behind the scenes type things and also just the look of the ship, you know, w would it be possible for this person to do that or for, you know, for you to go that way or do whatever you know so I I felt like I wanted to explore a little bit more the actual cruising so I did find a short cruise that just went from Sydney to Brisbane and convinced my husband that we needed to take that cruise um, and yes it was really very good I I, I do think um, sense of place is very important it's almost like another character in a story so that people feel that they are there experiencing whatever it is that you're writing about and the setting so uh, yeah, I, I, it was important to get it right. Yeah, I think even down to the, the port stops, um, I felt like I was really there, um, you know, seeing what the characters saw, seeing that, you know, the colours of the water and, you know, the ship's approach and the anchoring of the ship, uh, you know, at those destinations. I really felt like I was seeing it through their eyes. So you've done a marvellous job. Oh, thank you. I, I really do like to take readers on a journey if possible and, you know, if, if you've never cruised, then perhaps it it will, you know, give you a taste of it. And if you have cruised, you can relate to the sorts of things that are, are people are seeing and doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, I believe that you've really tapped into a microcosm of society in this book. Ketty has the ability to see beyond the facade of her fellow diners. She understands everyone appears to be fighting some inner battle and uses her fashion flair and natural empathy to help them overcome these secret battles. Um, so, And you've said that Ketty was based on a real-life character, but you know, was, were there other layers to Ketty's personality that you might have used from other, um, other people that you've known or met? Um, not really. I, I, I took me a long time to get to know Ketty and her layers, uh, but I certainly, I don't think on real life people, it, it's more as I explored her world of what she would, you know, to, to have been a dressmaker all her life and to be a couture dressmaker, what sort of person did that make her? So I, you know, I sort of did some research into that, the sort of person who, was very caring for her clients and knew exactly what would suit them and that sort of thing. Um, so she developed that caring beyond her clients and taking that out into the world where she goes. So, no, really, I, I, I think I'm sure there are aspects of her and lots of people I know, um, but uh, I didn't really base her on anyone in particular. And I felt as if your characters were very relatable people, not just Ketty, but, you know, you know, Jim and Celia and, you know, Christine and, and Frank. I mean, they, they were all such 
people that I think that I might have met um, when I was on a cruise myself. And how do you manage to create such vivid characters? Well, I, I think because I am a people observer, I love to spend time with people myself if I get the chance. You know, when you're a writer, you spend a lot of time on your own. So um, being out with people and observing, I suppose, I, I do do a bit of eavesdropping on conversations that aren't necessarily my own, but not to copy them. It's more to get um, perhaps a different point of view about something that I wouldn't have experienced or thought of or, um, you know, a different way of speaking. Um, so those sorts of things are important. And, I, and so I think I then take them to my characters with, who develop in their own way, but then the reader sees aspects of them perhaps in people they know and that makes them more relatable to them. Tricia, you began writing in earnest later in life. What prompted you to pursue a career as a writer? Uh, well, I was a teacher and um, a school librarian and where I live in rural South Australia, we um, I'm in the Copper Coast and Every two years we have a wonderful festival called the Canoeic Luenda, which is our, a Cornish festival. And it's because, uh, you know, quite a few years ago now, over 100 years ago, we had a big um, mine, a copper mining area we, we were, and um, the Cornish miners came to do that mining. So it was a huge settlement, um, the biggest settlement outside of Adelaide in the early days of um, South Australian history in um, settlement history. So, um, you know, that happened and I was very excited about it, loving history, but I realised that the children that I was teaching, some of them didn't really get it. They've moved to the town, they don't know anything about it. Um, and so I wanted to write some stories that would we could read together that would sort of give them a background in a story form of, of what was happening. And that's when I discovered how little I knew about writing, even though I'd, I've never written a book, but I certainly was a writer of short pieces, you know, for magazines and school newsletters and all of the sorts of things that you do over the years. Um, but, yes, I, I realised I needed to learn more about writing. So I found a children's writing course and that got me started. Now, we've talked a little bit about the whole idea of, of cruising and the fact that this book is set on a cruise. Um, and I know that you love to travel. So what is it do you think about cruising that makes it such a popular holiday choice for many Australians these days? Well, I can only speak for myself, but I love the fact that you unpack once, <laughs> that you're, you know, every whim, well, you know, you're taken care of, you don't, you don't have to make the bed, you know, it's, it's quite a decadent holiday from that point of view. I mean... The other side of me is that I also enjoy camping. So, you know, I do those sort of holidays as well. But um, when every now and again, a cruise is just such a, a lovely way to relax, I find. Certainly the South Pacific is, is a beautiful place to go, very casual and relaxed atmosphere there. And, um, you know, the fact that you can get a taste of other cultures, uh, you know, certainly in a short way, you're, you're not... Um, on land for long periods of time but you can get a taste and if, if you really enjoy something or you know, find out you can always go back in another time if you want to so that's what I like about cruising is um, you know the enjoyment and also while you're aboard there's there's lots of things to do it's just a bit of fun with quite often we've traveled with friends so 
you know, we're relaxing with our friends, but when we haven't travelled with friends, we've met new friends, you know, so it's um, it's it's a just a nice way to meet people and enjoy a holiday. Yeah, and your publishers, HQ HarperCollins, are giving readers a chance to win a three-night cruise for two on board P&O as part of the book's promotion. How did that come about? Wow, that's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I have a very lovely campaign manager who's worked so hard on that with P&O and yes, P&O, someone at P&O read the book and really enjoyed it and wanted to, uh, you know, be part of it. So that's what came out of that and so that, yes, they, readers can, or a reader, a lucky reader will certainly win a cruise. So that's pretty fantastic. You've mentioned that you're just finishing up another book. When can we expect to see that on the shelves? Well, I have actually got two for next year. There's a, a rural romance that's finished now and will be out in May next year. Mm -hmm. And this one that I'm working on now will be around about the same time, October, November next year. Wow, busy lady. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tricia, if, if listeners wanted to learn more about you and your books, where can they find you? They can find me at trishastringer.com. And I'm also on social media with um, Trisha Stringer Author at Facebook and I'm on Instagram and also occasionally I tweet, not very often, but okay. I'm on Twitter as well. So um, whatever, you know, form they, they like to find, um, that's where I'll be. Wonderful. Trisha, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Um, Trisha's book, Table for Eight, is available at all good bookstores and e-retailers. And don't forget to visit my Facebook page or Instagram feed to find out how to win a copy of Trisha's wonderful book or keep up to date with new episodes of this podcast and other promotions. Thank you once again, Trisha. My pleasure. Well, that's a wrap, folks. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or drop me a line via my Instagram at Claudine Tinellis or on my webpage, claudinetinellis.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, happy reading.